being a revert, at one point I had a different perspective of Islam, right? And it was a bad perspective of Islam. And then the more that I learn about Islam, the more that I fall in love with it. And Allahu Alam, I feel like uh, the more people who, who know the truth about Islam, the more people will embrace Islam, inshallah. And so I feel like uh, as a Muslim, as a revert, um, it's my uh, opportunity and my obligation to spread the deen as best as I can in a way that's familiar to to people. I was coming from the music industry. I had a studio set up. I had deals coming through, and uh, I had just did a song with Young Buck uh, from G Unit, and mm. it was on. It was getting radio play. Like wow. So you know, it was the day I took Shahada. Is the day I learned music was Haram. Assalamu alaikum. I'm your host Idris Ali Nasser, and you guys are tuning in to an episode of Talk Yahak, the podcast, the platform where we discuss the relevant topics impacting us Muslim Western youth. Man, I'm excited. I got my brother in the building, Abdullah Sharif, also known as Petty. Bro, how you living, bro? How you doing? Alhamdulillah, man. I'm just happy to be here with my eye, you know? Man, wallahi, man. When I, when I found out that you were uh, interested in working on this, man, together, yeah. wallahi, I was so excited. Man. So for those who don't know, uh, man, Petty, mashallah, tabarakallah, is a brother who's heavily involved in the community. Uh, mashallah, a mentor, a father, an entrepreneur, the founder of Third World United. Uh, you're also known as a producer, uh, working with Muslim Nasheed artists. Yes. That's how I actually first found out about you. I don't know if you know, bro. No, I didn't know that. Working with Isam <laughs> and uh, yeah. I think his name Faisal. Faisal Out Salah. there. Mashallah, yeah. bro. My God. So, man, for those who don't know, man, tell us a little bit about yourself and, like, the work that you do. Man, alhamdulillah, man. I'm just a revert brother, and uh, <clears throat> I just believe in impacting the world, mm. impacting the ummah, and, and giving dawah. Um you know, being a revert, right. at one point I had a different perspective of Islam, right? Right. And it was a bad perspective of Islam. Mm. And then the more that I learn about Islam, the more that I fall in love with it. Yeah. And Allahu Alam, I feel like uh, the more people who, who know the truth about Islam, yeah, the more people will embrace Islam, inshallah. And so That's I feel like uh, as a Muslim, as a revert, um, it's my uh, opportunity and my obligation to spread the deen as best as I can in a way that's familiar to to people, you know? Mm, gotcha, yeah. yeah. Subhanallah, bro. Like, when I first, among the times when I first met you, was like at the mosque right here, OCC in person. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with class, Chef Fouad and all that, I see you bringing brothers to the mosque, bro. And, like, that's the first time I actually see with my eyes someone accepting Islam for the first time. And subhanallah, it was just, man, well, I, like, it shook me, bro. It's like, when you're born into the deen, like, you don't really... You don't really see the dean for a lot of times for what what it really is. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So man, like you over here bringing brothers to the dean and having them, you know, accept Islam and look into the dean. Man, where did that come from? Like in your story, you know, where did where was that moment in your life where you was like, man, Islam is you know, Islam is the truth. So uh, you know, growing up in the neighborhood, uh, there's a lot of East Africans. Yeah. And uh obviously there's cultural differences but there's also religious differences. Right. And one of my one of my best friends uh growing up, we would always get into these little debates. Mm. And uh, you know, long story short, one time the debate didn't end in my favor and it it led to me reading the Quran. Wow. And uh literally like a veil I felt like a veil lift from my heart and like Iman entered my heart just one night just sitting on the couch uh, in my mom's basement. And I just, I knew I had to become Muslim right then and there. SubhanAllah. And, uh, you know, since then, it's just been an ongoing journey. Yeah. And, you know, uh, just trying to strengthen my iman, learn more, 
You know, they say controversy controversy kills all doubt. Mm. You know what I mean? So just like trying to learn more and more about the team, <clears throat> more about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So, so. And uh, the more that you know and the more that you implement, the more that you can teach and the more that you can lead. Mm. And so that's kind of just my journey. Um, and then, you know, Allah makes all Muslims. There's only so much that we can do, you know. We right. can regurgitate information. We can do whatever. But Allah is the one who can change hearts. Mm. And so I know that it's never my job to guide a Muslim right. or guide a non-Muslim. It's more so like, you know, spreading and sharing knowledge that you receive. Yeah. And implementing knowledge. You're, wow. you're, you're, the best dawah is your character. You know? That is deadly, bro. Like, subhanAllah. I like that, especially that last line, bro. Like, how many times we could, like, talk to people, tell people about Islam, tell people what it is, but if we don't, like, represent Islam in a way that's beautiful, in a way that goes, like, man, what is this? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, facts. A lot of us don't do that, bro. And, yeah. that's, and that's the sad thing. Like, I know... Personally, growing up, bro, out here, going to high school, it's like many of us Muslims, we don't stand out from the regular. We just blend in. Matter of fact, yeah. we just assimilate. So I want to go back into your story, bro. You were how old when you were talking to your friend and you accepted Islam? How, at what age? Uh, I was 20 going on 21. Um, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, just like you said, I mean, you know, one of my best friends, you know, he he uh all the good that I do because he was a guiding factor in my life, inshallah, yeah. he's getting reward. Every yeah. salah, everything, you know? Yeah. Um the reality is when he was giving me that I'm like, bro, we doing the same stuff, bro. <laughs> we doing the same stuff, we in the same environment. <laughs> so like what's the difference between my faith and yours, you know? Yeah. Um and that's, that's one crazy. thing that I looked at as being a Muslim is like, bro, like obviously like a lot of my other close homies, my my brothers, everything, like they're they're you know they're not muslim yeah and so if they see me indulge in certain things they're gonna be like bro you the same person or, bro mm -hmm. you the you know and allah's made a lot of things easy for me to give up you know it's it's a, it's a, it's an ongoing journey right um but i just know that you know we, we should be proud of what allah has given us and we all have our own battles uh but oh. when, it, when it comes to giving dawah or having you know iman or something special it's like you got to really Take advantage of that and show that and be proud of it too, though, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that that pride, subhanAllah. SubhanAllah, it's crazy, like, because you, you have experienced both sides. You know, someone who looked at Islam from the outside looking in, like, man, yeah. what is this religion, all this stuff? And now you're actually the one defending it, you know, yeah. and, and calling others to it. Man, I'm curious, it's like, what were those, like, those preconceived notions? Was it the preconceived notions that a whole lot of people have from the outside looking in? Like, Islam is this, that, that. What, what flipped in your head besides, like, was it something that you read in the ayah in the Quran or was it through further learning? Something triggered? Um, so essentially I had an experience. Um, I don't know if it was near death or, you know, anything like that, but I had an experience where um it's crazy. I had made dua and I asked for guidance and I was a you know, a Christian at mm. the time, quote unquote. Yeah. And uh you know, I was asking for guidance and I had like this crazy experience and went to the hospital and, you know, um, and I was like seeing stuff, you know what I mean? And uh, mm. it just like these weird visions. And that kind of led to me like going into reading the Quran and everything. And then from there, that's where, uh, you know, some of the visions that I was seeing were now in the Quran, you know, wow. as far as, and it, it was crazy. Like I remember uh, out of everybody I could have called, I called my Muslim homie mm. when I was going through it, you know? Yeah. And then uh, at the Quran, you know, there's a, there's a verse that says that on the on the day of judgment, yeah. They're gonna call to the believers. The non believers will call to the believers and ask for help. And it's gonna be too late. You know, and so like there were certain things that I had to kind of ex experienced in, in, in that in that realm and it was just uh 
when I read the Quran, I was like, damn, I was going through that. Like that's the Quran is literally telling me what I would do on the day of judgment if I died as a non-believer, you know? Yeah. And so like to go through something similar to that and then to read it in the Quran was like the wake up call that I needed. Um, and it, it just put Iman in my heart and then just, you know, um, growing up reading the Bible, yeah, you know, the Bible can be confusing. It's told from different perspectives at times, yeah. um, different lenses per se. And, uh, you know, the Quran is, it's comes, it comes from one source, you know, it's not a, and you can tell when you're reading it, that it's not just like, okay, well, this was from quote unquote Moses and this was from John mm. the Baptist. And now you know where the source is coming from yeah. and it speaks to you. And so in that sense, it was like, you know, it was just a, a, a non-confusing source of guidance. Subhanallah. Yeah. Subhanallah. That's that's beautiful, bro. So once you accepted Islam, um, I'm sure like you've experienced so much, like you've experienced so much blessings that came out of that. Alhamdulillah. Do you want to share some things that, that like, what did you experience after accepting Islam that you was like, wow, subhanAllah. Because you do hear about reverts that, you know, they accept the deen. But maybe it's like the the influence, their environment, they're not ready to shake that. Yeah. So how were you able to to I mean, I think firm? that's normal. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was coming from the music industry. I had a studio set up. Um I had deals coming through and uh um I had just did a song with Young Buck uh from G Unit and mm. it was on it was getting radio play, like wow. So, you know, it was the day I took Shahada is the day I learned music was Haram. Whoa. <laughs> I remember, you know, uh, I don't know if you know that the, the young Abdullah, he's, he's like, a, you know, he'd be uh, leading uh, Juma and stuff sometimes. Gotcha. Uh, this is when he was a, a young guy. He might have been 16, 17 or something. Yeah. And we're in the car. I just took Shahada. And he was like, yeah, music is hot on. I'm like, yo, you wasn't going to tell me this before <laughs> I became Muslim? Like, this is where I got my name from. This is everything, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that's normal. I mean, you know, when you're a revert, you have a Jahiliya. Like, there's very mm. few people who uh, even the Sahaba, عنهم, they all had mm. jahiliyas, you know? Facts, facts. And so, uh, like, they wasn't told to give up alcohol the first day they became right Muslim. Away. Yeah. It was it was after years of revelation that, mm. you know, that that came, and then they started to implement that. And mm. so, um, you know, I have my struggles. Um, my, my best friends, you know, a majority of them are not Muslim to this day. Gotcha. And so... Uh, you know, slowly but surely, just Allah made it easy to cut certain things out of my life. But there's other things where I had to really take a, a conscious effort and, and take steps forward. And it takes time. And so, um, I mean, some of the blessings is just like, before Islam, I never thought about being married. Mm. You know what I mean? I never thought about settling down. I never thought about just being the person I am today. But the person I am today, has it's, it's been a blessing to feel the way that I feel. Mm. And it's been a blessing to have the deen. And it's been a blessing to have... Uh, 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 this this community, right? You know what I mean, like brothers that you can count on, brothers that you can confide in, right? Um, reliability. We learn together. Like that's just you don't get that everywhere. Fact. And so, uh, I mean, all around, there's, there's been blessings, but it, you know, as far as leaving your environment, it's never an easy journey. Mm. That's that's deadly, bro. I wonder, like, subhanAllah, it's like me right now. If you were to ask me, like leave something that i become so accustomed to my environment the friends that i hang out with uh my habits right right then and there you know so i want to ask you bro like how was that what were the sacrifices that you had to make that people don't really talk about you know whether it comes from the fam i don't know if you're willing to open up with this yeah, but yeah, like yeah, of course like family uh relationships and how that must have changed and when you first accepted islam 
Um, so when it came, when it comes to family, uh, I, I chose to hide it. Mm-hmm. And uh, my uncle is the first Muslim in my family. May Allah preserve him. May Allah increase him. I mean, I mean, um, you know, I I don't want. I'll share that you know he was incarcerated um, until I was about seven or eight. I met him when I was like seven years old or something like that. Wow. And that, this, you know, that's my guy right now. Yeah. Uh, but he was the uh, he was the first Muslim in my family. And he gave dawah to the whole family. Um, and uh, when you were a kid, when I was a kid, I, and most people don't know, I took shahada as a kid. Gotcha. I think I was uh, probably like uh, probably eight years old or something like that. Gotcha. My mom found out she wasn't having it. I mean, I was a kid, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I never really got the chance to really learn anything. Mm. I just know I came to the masjid. They was eating dates and bread, and it was cracking. So I was like, <laughs> "Whatever this is, I need this," you know. Yeah. Um. So I ended up taking shahada as a youngin. Um. My mom says that she also took her shahada as well. Mm. But me and my mom actually became Christians together when I was in like middle school. We got baptized together and everything. And then, um, I went to a Christian boarding school for two years. Mm. Um, and uh. You know, when I became Muslim, I, I chose to hide it mm. just for the simple fact that me and my mom, we were always just very close growing up. I mean, she's only, she turned 17 the day she had me. So she's like my older sister slash mom, you know, yeah. like we've been through everything together. And so uh, when she found out that I was Muslim, um, it was hard for her. She didn't go to work and, you know, she struggled. I don't know if she wants to say she struggled with depression, but yeah. just mentally she was battling some things and, you know, it, it, the worst burn on the family super quick. Mm. Um, and it actually like to a certain extent, like it, it severed some relationships at that time. Mm. Um, you know, my uncle took some blame and it was like, nah, I mean, my uncle was giving me that but it came from the homie, you know? Yeah. Um, cause that's who I was hanging out with. I was young. Yeah. Um, but I think my mom to this, you know, I, I think it, more than anything, Islam, you know, it, there's an emphasis on being a good son. Mm. And so I took in that role way more serious as a Muslim. Mashallah. And I believe my mom has seen that. Me and my mom are in a really good place today. Alhamdulillah. And uh, there's more Muslims in my family today. Alhamdulillah. And inshallah, my whole family will become Muslim before it's all said and done, you know? Inshallah, inshallah. Inshallah. Mashallah, tabarakallah, bro. I want to dive back into those uh, those sacrifices you had to make. Like, for example, when you found out music uh, was haram. Oh, yeah, Man, yeah, I, went, yeah. I want to leeway into um, the work that you now do as a, at working with Muslim Nasheed artists as a producer. As the founder of uh, your own label, Third mm-hmm. World United, mashallah, tabarakallah, working with brothers around the world, man. I'll be seeing it on social media, on YouTube. Man, I want to dive into that, right? So here you are, young, working as a producer, getting, you know, some acknowledgement from other people. Yeah. You know, now that's how you, was that how you were making like a livelihood? That was your passion. And here you're being told like your way of live, your way of uh, faith is telling you that this is wrong. Right. How did you navigate those feelings, bro? And how did you pivot? Um, it was tough. Uh, so I took Shahada right before Ramadan. And so I didn't give up music like the first day I took Shahada. Right. Um, I was running the studio, um, Pyramid Studios, um, back in the day. Gotcha. Um, and we were actually, you know, building up a good clientele and stuff was starting to roll. And we had a lot of good people involved. Uh, shout out to everybody who was involved with that. With that. Um, so when Ramadan came, yeah, you know, I didn't know what to do. I you know I heard about Ramadan because I went to school high school with Muslims and all that so I always heard about it and I knew people was fasting. Yeah, I didn't know I can do it. Yeah, you know, but now I knew I was Muslim, so I was like, I gotta do it. Right. I don't know how to do this. Right, you know, Prospect. Yep, I so know. that's my guy. So uh, he was on the track with Esau, right? Yeah, yep. 
So me and Prospect, that's how I really got tapped in with the East African community at a young age. Gotcha. Uh, you know, a mutual friend had linked me with Prospect, and then I was rocking with Loud Money back in the day when they were doing music, and I was producing for them. Gotcha. And around the time I took Shahada, uh, Prospect also started to really focus on the Dean, and we would always chop it up. And I remember he took all his music off of YouTube. Mm. And I was like, yo... Do I got to do that too? <laughs> do I got to take all my beats and stuff off of YouTube? And he was like, I don't know. But, you know, he was just going into just, you know, the the reality of music and the impacts and whatever. And so I was like, you know what? If you do it, I'm going to do it too. Yeah. And I had like, you know, this is back in 2014. I was getting paid by YouTube. Mm. Had over 100,000 views as wow. a producer and was just like uploading, uploading beats and everything. Before it was like super popular, like today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know, just take it down. The homie did it. I can do it. Um, what was and, going through your mind that time when you were doing that, when you're deleting the videos? Bro, so how hard is it to get to the NBA? Man, it's tough, man. It's like, I don't know the percentage, but if it's If you crazy. look at everybody in the NBA, they, they usually have like an idol they look up to, right? Yeah. Most people say Michael Jordan, Michael LeBron Jordan, James, Kobe. Kobe. Yeah. What do you What do you think is harder to get, Jenna or an NBA contract? <sighs> Man, you- and which one comes with more blessings? That's facts, Jenna. So, of course, right. And so, you know, when you're when you have faith into your heart, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, you're in the dunya, and yeah. you got to survive, and you got stuff to take care of, and you might have an ego, you might whatever it is, right. But Jannah is worth more than anything, and at that time, when, you know, when you have that all-time high in faith, yeah, you're not you're not really thinking about too much about the dunya, you know, right? And so uh, that sacrifice was easy to make, just because of where my mind was at, and that that led the path. You know, sometimes when you make those decisions, that it leads to a better path. Mm. Um, and so with that, uh, I was like, okay, I went to everybody in the studio and was like, look, I'm Muslim now. I ain't going to be here for a month. I'm about to fast. Yeah. And what's crazy is I was like, okay, I'm going to build my own studio though. And so the whole Ramadan, I did no music, but I was building the studio to use after <laughs> Ramadan. And my Muslim uncle was helping me. Got you. And we was, uh, you know, uh, the homie funded it. We went and got the soundproof when we, I was in my uh, my, my grandma's, uh, she had like a backyard. We had built a shack. Or we, we, did, we did a shack in the, in the backyard. Yeah. And, uh. The more and more I'm fasting, I'm like, yo, I don't even know if I'm about to use the studio. <laughs> and, uh, you know, long story short, uh, I had a beautiful Ramadan. I, I was kicking it with Muslims all day, fasting. Yeah. And, you know, Seattle has one of the best communities, if you ask me hands down. Like, there's at least four or five masters that you can go to every day and break your fast with mm. brothers. And so that's what I was doing every day. I would go hoop with some ox, yeah. you know, make salat with the ox, eat with the ox every day. Like that was, and that's like I've always just loved Ramadan. Like just because of that, it was always that that community vibe. Mm. Um, and so after that, it was just it was so easy to like not go back to doing music because I had so much more fun with my ox and not you know just struggling and 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 trying to pursue something. Mm. Um, just being with the ox and just pursuing a dean, the dean and learning and everything. That was like more of a a, a journey that I loved. Right. And so uh, right after Ramadan. Um, I came back to the studio a couple of times and it was just always a dark energy. And so because of that, I was like, I want this light energy that I've been getting from the ox. Mm. I'm going to just surround myself with them. And then there was a lot of other stuff that was going on. 
Um, at this point, I could speak on it. I didn't know this. Yeah. The studio was being monitored by the feds. Um, and, you know, the feds actually ended up, you know, break, you know, breaking everything down. And, yeah, alhamdulillah, it took me right there at the right time, you know. Uh, I, I didn't even know about that until later. Uh, later in my life, when reconnecting with some of the brothers, and I yeah. was like, "Yeah, as soon as you left, we got raided by the feds and this and that. Somebody wow. was an informant who was involved. I don't know who. Yo, I, I just crazy. left everything alone. Um, Were you? Was it just a day that you were not at it, or was it just you completely? Oh, this is months. Once this you is left, months it. after. This is oh, this is at probably know. at least I don't even know when. Yeah. Um, maybe five six months after. Wow. Um, but alhamdulillah, man, yeah. like it just a lot a lot saved me at the right time. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm still on good terms with everybody in my in my previous life. Right. Uh but as far as sacrifices goes, like, you know, just giving up music for that month of Ramadan and taking my, my music off of YouTube, from there it was pretty easy. And then I didn't learn about Nashis until like two years later. So between this and then, you're just like you're just like I'm looking at some other hobbies or what was going through your mind during that time? Was it just on and off struggling? It's funny because uh so when I was going, like, you know, prior to becoming a Muslim, I was just super into my music. I, you know, I began to get opportunities to travel and everything and, you know, network and even work with some bigger artists. Yeah. And I would always, like, kind of, like, brag to my mom a little bit. Yeah. She'd be like, nah, but you need to focus on school. Like, what are you doing? I'm, you know, I'm a full-time student at Seattle University at this time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had worked with Nipsey Hussle and was linking up with bigger artists and stuff. And so... I'm like, yo, mom, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a big deal, <laughs> you know. Like, just yeah. mess with my mom, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I became Muslim, and I was like, I'm not doing music, I'm gonna focus on school. She was like, What happened to your music? Like, you know, that mm. that's your thing. You need to be, you, you don't need to be Muslim because you need to do your music. <laughs> so you know, uh, it's funny, but uh, now nah, you know, alhamdulillah, just making those sacrifices, mm. it just it really paved an easier path to leave, leave everything alone. And so I began to focus on school. End up uh, graduating. Uh, technically, I finished in 2016. I walked in 2017, you know. Um, and so I focused on school. And then uh, towards the end of my university years, um, me and Esau first just linked up at the masjid. One of the brothers said that we have, like, just similar hobbies or whatever and told him about my history. And then I guess, you know, bro was doing poetry and whatnot. Yeah. But it was, you know, at this point, I haven't done it in two years. Yeah, and then you know, I guess bro was really taking it serious, or, um, but we had just linked up as brothers. I remember we started working out together and just chopping it up. Right, and it wasn't until bro went to, uh, I don't know if it was Muslim Fest. He went to some event where he like ran into like Muslim Bilal and them, and he was like, bro, like this is, let's go talk to a sheikh and see if this is if this is permissible. Okay, and uh, from there, and what would he mean? What was he asking the sheikh? What is permissible? Just uh like doing all vocals. That's what he had seen. Um, like some brothers performing over all vocals, basically rapping, right? Gotcha. Um, which is, you know, culturally that's what we gravitate to. Right. Um, and so um when he had kind of showed me this, um, I was like, This is pretty cool and I know with my skill, like my with my talents, we can definitely do something pretty similar. Mm. And uh we went to sit down with the chef and we just asked questions and uh and you know, Alhamdulillah, that's how that that journey started. And what did he say to you guys? Um, basically, that everything that we do, as far as uh, like vocals, yeah, you know, as long as we're not using musical instruments. I mean, we we got the uh, he gave us different rulings, right? Gotcha. He he basically shared like the everything from yeah yeah exactly. Gotcha. So Salafi, um, um, Hanafi, like he gave us like all of the different 
schools of thoughts and and um, what their rulings are on it, and gotcha. the one that he chooses and what he chooses to side with. Gotcha. And uh, you know, um, it all it all made sense, you know, as far as you know the path that we chose. Yeah. And um, we never used Duff, even though we were told Duff was halal. Mm. Um, we just always kept it straight. And Duff is, the, is like the drum, like right? a very basic drum. Some okay, some brothers gotcha. would try to say eight away and all this other stuff, but nah. <laughs> Uh, no, nah, we yeah. you know, but we never use any musical instruments. Alhamdulillah, just gotcha. beatbox vocals, and then gotcha. I sample, but I make sure I sample all vocals and no like lady vocals and all that. So, gotcha. Um, that's pretty much the ruling that we got, and gotcha. then I always tap in with the with the sheks as well. And a lot of sheks have supported us, Sheikh Fuad, and mm. uh, some of the bigger sheks as well. So, right, Alhamdulillah, mashallah, mashallah, and that's what you've been doing now. So let's talk a little bit about like the work that you do as of late. Yeah. So, what you been getting into, man? Man, alhamdulillah, man. Uh, you know, uh, it started off as me and Nisam. Yeah. And uh, we did two projects. Okay. And then towards the end, uh, or towards that, like, that second project, getting into that, uh, we started just to kind of more. It was the 12-12 and then the chapter yes. 26, right? Yes, yes. The most recent. Yes. Gotcha. So, uh, essentially, 12-12 was a compilation of work that Isam had compiled with all this traveling and stuff. And I just kind of helped mix and master him with some other tracks and whatnot. Um, but when he had came back and we kind of were just more stationary in Seattle, mm. um, you know, that we kept talking about doing an album together. And, uh, you know, around this time, we started, you know, networking with a lot of different brothers. Right. And so I have always, since, since day one, I always wanted to start something like a platform because I always knew that, uh, you know, what, what we're doing, there's other brothers who, who are not Muslim, who are going to hear what we're doing and become Muslim probably mm. and, and love it right. and use it as a form of expression. Mm. Um, perfect example is uh, the brother Just. I don't know if you've ever seen his video. I don't think. Oh, um, the one with uh, Faisal Salah, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so, it was, uh, what, what is it called again? I forgot. Uh, Mercy. Mercy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Mercy, so, yeah. you know, I grew up with bro. Mm. And, uh, you know, we always like, he, we have our times where we kind of just disappear. Him, him more than me for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I always thought he would be a Muslim. I don't know. Ever, ever since I became Muslim, I was like, my homies are going to be Muslims, you know? Mm. And uh, every time I would see him, I would, you know, we would share Dawah. And he actually took Shahada on Islam's couch. I remember the day. Wow. And, uh, you know, he was one of the most talented people I knew growing up as far as... Me and him actually started doing music together, per se. Like, when I really started taking production serious and everything, it was with, with Just. Yeah. And, uh, you know, long story short, bro took Shahada... And then he did a couple tracks with us. He disappeared, and then he came back, and he did, like, a whole album. And, uh, you know, I just knew that. And I didn't know. I don't say, I, you know, but I just had an intuition that, you know, there's there's importance to create a, a, a platform that other brothers can utilize mm. um, and, and be creative and express themselves. And, you know, before you know it, it led to brothers like M2I, now working with brothers like Za, and even brothers across the globe who, who are now signed to us, uh, Sophie Ahn. Formerly signed to Sony, which wow. is crazy. Like, um, wow. I, mean, I didn't go through no crazy like bidding war or anything, but just like <laughs> he he did like a really like, in my opinion, it's the best mm. like all vocals project that I've ever heard as far as quality and everything. And wow. the producers he was working with like they engineered for like Drake and stuff. Um, and so, you know, uh, it was funded by Sony and everything. And then all of a sudden, you know, we started networking and we were able to make some stuff happen. It took it took some time, but uh, right. yeah. Uh, you know, the journey's been lovely, man. Subhanallah. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy because uh, as you walk 
through your story, right? Like accepting Islam, you know, realizing that, okay, this thing that I'm doing, music, being a producer is it's not halal. Yeah. Now I got to, and it, it, it kind of shows you another, Allah showed you another way, yeah. an, another path, subhanAllah. To those who are, because there's a lot of people, man, that are struggling with, you know, other things, like mm-hmm. whether it be music, whether it be habits or or things where they either people who are themselves Muslims yeah. who are who have been born into Islam that struggle with these, you know, our generation, right. people are older. Man, like, had what adv- I wouldn't say what advice, but what insights did you take from your story that other people can take if you were to give like some input? Um, hold yourself accountable and just take it one step at a time, you know. Mm. Um, I think because the dean is perfect, right? Right now, you can search all day for. Some type of contradiction in our dean, you won't find it. Facts. You know what I mean? Right. So we we recognize that our dean is perfect, mm. and I feel like sometimes it it puts an obligation on us to think that we have to be perfect, mm. and that's far from the truth. You know. Right. And uh, when you realize that the expectation is not for you to be perfect, the expectation is for you to grow and to be repentant, mm. and it's okay to make mistakes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm definitely not going to encourage anybody to commit any sins, you know what I mean, major or minor. But at the same time, just understanding that if it happens, you're not doomed mm. and you shouldn't give up on yourself. And, there's, you know, Allah is ever merciful. Right. And he promises to forgive every sin on the day of judgment if you, if you die committing shirk. Right. Right. Um, and so with that being said, like, you know, just hold yourself accountable. If you make a mistake, don't make an excuse for yourself. Hold yourself accountable and take steps forward um, and hold yourself accountable with those steps. Mm. You know what I mean? And uh, I think uh, that's the thing that we fail to do as a community sometimes Yeah, is holding ourselves accountable and then holding our brothers accountable. Mm. And the one thing that I really love about the community that we have here is, uh, you know, brothers hit me up. You know, <laughs> brothers, brothers will hit me up, man. Yeah. Um, you know, if I post something, and the brother, that's good, but that person's, a, you know, he be whatever, or, or you know, they'll they'll get on me, they'll send me a DM, or they'll they'll make sure that like, mm. um, they'll make sure that I get my information from valuable, uh, valid sources, right. verifiable sources, and whatnot. Um, and even I remember one time I had posted, uh, what's his name, Farrakhan. Oh, I know but, you're talking about, but, yeah. But it wasn't that I was promoting the nation, right? Mm. It was more so that he had some good stuff to say. Right. And, uh, you know, brothers would hit me up like, <laughs> all the time. like, And, yeah. and I love that. You know, I, yeah. I'm not the person that gets annoyed or bothered by, by that, you know? Right. Like, at the end of the day, that's how we hold each other accountable. And that's how we, you know, help make sure that we're all going on the straight path, inshallah, mm. you know? Right. And so... uh more than anything, when it when it comes to just people trying to get things right, like you're gonna make mistakes, you're gonna mess up. Mm. You know, you're, there's there, it's just it's normal. Like that's how Allah made us. Right. It, was the, it was a cutter of Allah for you to do that. You know what I mean? Right. So so really just recognizing that, you know, at the end of the day, you're not doomed. Inshallah, mm. just you know, make toba right and, and keep going. Subhanallah. You know, that's that's powerful, bro. I I love the community part that you keep. 
um, intertwine it with a lot of the stuff that you're um, that you're talking about. You know, this accountability, this community that's holding each other. You know, I wonder, man, is there a wrong way to go about holding a brother or a sister accountable? Absolutely. Um, okay. I got to give a shout out to the to the brother Adam and even Fuad, like people who have sweet speech. Mm. Like they might even be upset at you, but the way that they're speaking to you is so gentle and so sweet. Right, you're receptive to it, mm. and uh, you know just to overemphasize the community aspect. You know we're in the class with Sheikh Fuad, right. and Allah increase him. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when they when they uh, when they migrated to Medina, the first thing he did was what? He built a masjid mm. before he built his own home. Right, and you know I always looked at that as like. He built the community space before he built his own personal space. Right? Right. And so, you know, I, I just came back from Turkey, alhamdulillah. And, uh, you know, the one the one thing that I could say I didn't enjoy was I, I didn't feel like I had a community out there I can tap in with. Mm. And I have a friend who's actually Turkish and he's out there and it's the same thing for him, right? Right. And that's the one thing I feel like Seattle has over any other community that I've been to is just we have that community where, mm. like... We can pull up to the masjid and kick it. We got ping pong tables. We'll go hoop. The brothers, the, all the ox get together at least once or twice a week. We all go hoop. Thanks. Like, it makes it hard to do haram stuff when your brothers are doing stuff that's positive, right? Mm. And so that community, that aspect is just so important, bro. Got you. Yeah. Man, that's so powerful, bro. I wonder how about those who feel like they're in a community or environment that is not conducive to their deen? Yeah. Like, how do you navigate that? You know, you, you mentioned the other perspective where you feel like brothers are holding you accountable because they're in a mm-hmm. positive. How about the other side? I mean, it's it's tough. You know, um, you know, a lot of young East Africans mm-hmm. um, or a lot of people in general, like, you know, um, they adopt to the culture that's dominant in their area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would hate to, to chalk like black culture up as something negative or like gangs and stuff. Cause gangs is an American culture. It's not black culture. Right. Gangs been around since before black people. Right. Um, or quote unquote black people. Um, so, and, and then like drug culture, right. And hip hop mm. culture, whatever it may be, like there's certain negative aspects that have been become dominant in our culture that some young people relate to more than maybe Muslim culture or the Muslim mm. community. Right. Because it's been more dominant and because they might've been raised in a Muslim household Right. But that's only for so many hours during the day. When they go to school, they're surrounded by everything else. Mm. And so, you know, I think that's part of our responsibility is making the dean look cool, whether it be through, you know, the nasheed industry or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but more so just us inviting other brothers from outside of our space and being ex- accepting. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the brother might come through smelling like weed. Mm. What are we going to do about it? Mm. You going you gonna to push him away? Right, you know, what I mean, it, and 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 that's really, only gonna push him literally further away, literally from the yeah. dean, from, from everything, dean, yeah, right, yeah. Um, I remember there was times where when I first became Muslim, where I would go to the masjid and brothers would come through smelling like tree, and uh, mm. they would make announcements. And I'm not saying that that's the the wrong way to deal with it or anything like that, but I'm saying like as a community, we had to be holistic and we had to come from a from an approach where. We're not alienating brothers away, our sisters too, away from the mm. dean. Um, because, uh, you know, the dean is not for Muslims. The mm. dean's for mankind, right? And I think that's like, I think even myself, I'm guilty of thinking like that sometimes. Mm. But the dean, you know, it was revealed for mankind. Right. And so um, it's it's our 
it's our position to be open and to be gentle and to be Muslim to everybody, not just to other Muslims. Right. And so when it comes to our brothers who hold Muslim names or Muslim titles or, you know, have Muslim families, mm -hmm. um, I think it's just our job to welcome them in with open arms. Right. And to give them grace. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, we can't make decisions for them. That's All nice. we can do is just, you know, be their brothers and, and be a guiding factor. And uh, we can't judge nobody. Can't right. judge ourselves, so how can we judge anybody else, you know? I feel like we have to be, especially us Muslims living in the in the West in general, we have to be very nuanced like in our approach, knowing that like we have so much circumstances around us that are influencing us as general and in general, like conditioning us to certain things that are like completely against the deed, right? Mm -hmm. And then here you're you're being told like, you know, this dean is x y and z it's it comes with this um things that are um halal haram halal haram and it's like everything that's around you that's normalized is the other way yeah and then so when we're interacting with these people who have been conditioned this way we can't just be so stern and just like like how do i say just harsh in our approach but really being thoughtful mm -hmm. about how we do it so uh subhanallah so i want to ask you man what do you hope your work as a as a, the founder of Third World United and working with the Muslim community and, you know, uh, work with these Muslim Nishid artists, what do you hope that your work does for the Muslim community and the youth? Um, It's funny. I had this conversation with, with, uh, with Sheikh Fouad, you know? Yeah. And uh, it, it's just an interesting space, you know? Um, I can't really call... Nashid's an industry because it's not industrialized. It's more like of a, a free space to express yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to date, majority of people have been receptive to it, obviously, as Muslims. Right. Um, now there's opportunities. Like, it's beautiful. Uh, like, the support that we get, they play Eid Mubarak on the radio on Eid like, wow. every year, you know? Yeah. And so, like, there, I think in that sense, like, there's an opportunity to spread the deen to a masses through such an influential culture. Mm. Um. And so, you know, Nipsey Hussle said that the greatest human act is to inspire. Mm. As a Muslim, I would say the greatest human act is to give da'wah and to, and to guide towards Islam or to remind somebody of Allah, you know? Mm. And so, you know, more so, I, I hope that, inshallah, that's the impact. Um, that's the impact of the work. Right. And, uh, you know, the conversation that me and Sheikh Fuad had was like, we hope that brothers, like the Muslim community, mm. like the kids and stuff, eventually they grow out of that because we're not trying to compete with the Quran or anything like that, you know? Right, right. And I think that's some things that I struggle with with the Nasheeds is like, at what point, because clearly, like at the end of the day, it might be art to us, but mm. to consumers, it's entertainment. Mm. And so, you know, the goal is never to compete with the Quran or, or lectures or anything like that. Right. Um, and so it's, it's, a, it's a weird space. Right. And so... Uh, you know, like long story short, I would hope to just give dawah to the masses mm -hmm. um, and inspire other brothers to take steps to the dean who, you know. And then, of course, you know, there's times where you just might be on the jet ski and you might want to bump some Islam or something. Right, so right. There's always that, too. You right. Know? Yeah, I feel you. I was, the other day, I'm prepping for uh, the podcast we're going to have for uh, Zahid, inshallah. Zah, that's right? my guy. And I was, listening to, uh, I was listening to his piece called uh, Lord Forgive Me. Mm -hmm. And I'm just writing, 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 just get ready for this episode. And I'm hearing what he's saying, mm -hmm. and I'm like, yo, <laughs> like what he's saying is is subhanallah is so deadly. Is he's speaking from the heart? I love how you talking about this creative expression, 
to be honest with me personally, I think that what you guys are doing is very impactful. I think that is it's going to impact a lot of people and it continues to impact a lot of people. SubhanAllah. Um, inshallah. But I want to ask you another question. Yes. So this this pro- this thing that you do, like the, the production itself, yeah. uh, this might be a very technical question. Yeah. But how do you go about the actual, like, the actual creation of a track? Um, You know, uh, when I was doing music, towards the end of like my music career yeah um there was a comment that was like bro you're getting less creative mm. and i remember like i started to a lot of producers do it these days but they make like sound kits and stuff like that and so i started to stick with certain sounds my i have like my my go-to 808 my go-to hi-hats and uh that comment has just always stuck with me to this day and so typically when i go to the studio now excuse me i start from scratch every time mm. and so uh you know, every day is different. Um, what I what I was doing for the last like probably year, year and a half since COVID hit after uh, chapter twenty six was complete, yeah, was we had a studio deal, mm. and so I had like a lot of sessions that I would just you know, and my wife, everybody knew that you know these two days a week for these hours, you're not hearing from me. I'm locking myself in the studio, mm. and you know my only goal was to leave with a finished product or leave with something new. Right. And so for months and months and months, either, you know, Zah or somebody would pull up with me to the studio or they would get two or three hours with me and then I would get two hours by myself. But I would just lock myself in the studio and just, you know, it was a time for me to just process, mm. a time for me to just get away from the world. Mm. And, uh, you know, throughout the week, sometimes I do like, you know, crate digging on YouTube where okay. I just go look for like all vocal samples. Gotcha. Um, but there's other times where I, you know, I just go and... I I I'm, I guess I'm kind of embarrassed to say it, but I'll be singing, bro. You know, I, a little bit <laughs> bro, of auto tune. I'll be one. I'm like, yo, is this Petty out here Come singing? Come on, man. A little bit of auto tune. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, a little bit of uh, reverb, okay. compression. You know, echo. Gotcha. Stuff goes a long way sometimes. You know, yeah, yeah. make you sound good. <laughs> you know, yeah, so uh, you know, realistically, uh, it, it just my only goal is to is is to express myself and to make something dope and. Right. Um, you know, I write sometimes, but for the most part, like it's creating a a, a blank canvas for a ZA, mm. a ZA International or M2I or ESOM or something. And a lot of times we create beats together as well. We all contribute vocals and stuff. And then I'll just pretty much, you know, um, synchronize everything and mix everything and, you know, make Got sure you. that it sounds sonically pleasing to the ears. Got you. Yeah. Got you. SubhanAllah. Man, I wonder, I wonder this, you know, I feel like producers, t- tell me if I'm wrong, right? Mm-hmm. But like when you see people like artists, right? You see them, they're in the forefront. You see a lot of them, yeah. right? But you don't really see the what goes behind it. Right. And so what do you feel like people don't understand like behind, like what do you think people don't really appreciate if there is any, you know, that about like the producer? Um, I mean, I, I guess the only people who I said don't appreciate like, uh, the holistic aspect is like mainstream culture or pop culture. Um, You know, not everybody listens to an album front to back. Mm. You know what I mean? And so like those people probably, they won't be able to appreciate the the work and everything, but it it, it can be a lot sometimes, man. Chapter 26 for me, uh, chapter 26 was, was, was tough. Yeah. Uh, The production, you know, know, all of the production. Gotcha. Um, Mixing, 
mm. mastering. Like I did, you know, it, it just it was a long process. It was right. a little difficult. Right. Uh, but Alhamdulillah, you know, um, there's a lot that goes in that people don't see. Mm. You know, there's a lot of hours that go into like engineering, for example. You engineer a whole session. You record everybody. You mix everybody. You you mix the beat. Mm. Um, like that's a lot in itself. Right. The master and making sure it sounds good on every speaker reference, that's a lot of work as well. And and uh, when you don't outsource it, sometimes it could be a, it could be a like it's just a long process, man. It's gotcha. a long process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mashallah, bro. Mashallah, man. I want to ask you because I know that. Um, I know that a lot of your work revolves around, especially in person, like working with the youth. Subhanallah, uh, unfortunately, we, we see a lot of brothers, you know, losing their lives to the streets, right. the street culture, all that. You mentioned a little bit of it earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us, subhanAllah, in the community, some people from the outside looking in go like, you know, well, what's going on? You know, brothers are just killing themselves. You know, why can't we just tell them to stop? That you hear this rhetoric, right? Mm-hmm. But what do you feel like is not like, I remember listening to a podcast with you and uh, Isam on the Pray and Slay podcast. Shout out to them. Uh, I remember Isam saying something like, you know, how what you, what are you going to say to the brother who's holding his brother and he, like, he's dying in his hands? And, bro, when I heard that, that just hit me. You know, and I low-key got a little bit like, that hit me, bro. It's just hitting me right now. So it's like, what do you think that people from the outside looking in need to know when it comes to what's going on? I mean, it's just tough. Um, when you say that, you know, I'm reminded of, you know, my young bro Omar. Mm. May Allah have mercy on his soul. Yeah, I mean. Um, I coached his older brother and I was, you know, in, involved in in the community that you know, Holly Holly Park community. Yeah. Um, Heisen, I coached his older brother Heisen. Mm. And uh like I'm just when you say that, that's exactly what I'm in. He got killed in front of the masjid and Heisen was holding his brother while he's he's like dying in his arms, you know? Mm. And I remember getting that phone call, uh you know, it's it's easy to speak about as mm. far as the outside looking in. It's easy to uh, to judge. Mm. It's hard to understand. Mm. Um, you know, when I first became Muslim, one of the brothers who taught me the meaning of Muslim brotherhood, mm. Melinda MD, may Allah have mercy on his soul. Yeah, you know, I mean. uh, he was murdered, mm. <laughs> and I wasn't so far removed from my past life and and what I was. You know, people I was involved with, whatever. Yeah, I didn't know how to react. Mm. Uh, you know, I didn't know how to react, and 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 it's even some of the Muslims who I was around at that time, we were straddling the fence on what we was gonna do and how we were gonna react to that situation. You know, mm. and uh, it's one of them things, man. It, you you can't judge it. Yeah. You, you can't really uh. You can't really even give advice like that. Mm. The only thing you can do is be present mm. in in that in that family's life, be present in that youngest life, because uh, you know from there it's all reactionary. It's all about how you respond. That's all it comes down to. When somebody dies in the mm. community, it's all about how you respond. You know, right? And uh, inshallah, uh, we we have a wake up call and we and we stop reacting in such ways. And it's you know, it's something that's long happened in our communities you know right and and and, you know violence has long long been a connection to poverty you know Mm. and so i don't think it's a coincidence that you know when a lot of east africans migrated to the states that they were put in communities where there was poverty and violence already and so by the time the next generation is raised they're really raised by their communities where there's already poverty and violence Mm. and so um 
And then again, like there's, you know, intergenerational trauma back home. Right. So it's tough, man. I think it's a multifaceted issue. And there's a million people who claim they have the solutions. Mm. And at the end of the day, everybody has capacity issues, whether you have a working solution or not. Right. And, you know, my biggest issue is that there's been um, resources and funding in the city, but they don't really diversify how this funding is dispersed. Mm. And so it turns out that it's like a, a, a small group of people who continually get, get funding, but they don't have the capacity to work with, you know, um, they don't have the capacity to work with communities of color like the East African community or whatever. Right. And they, they don't have the... Uh, the cultural relevance or they don't speak the language, they're not bilingual. Yeah. And so they have their barriers in reaching certain communities. And so my biggest thing is uh when when the funding from the county and the city and these other organizations is being dispersed, it needs to diversify and get to the right hands. Mm. So we're not missing certain communities like the East African community because right now the African American community has a fair amount of resources. And we're still under resource, right? Mm. But it's just not um it's not equitable and the disperse that we, the dispersion of funds that we're getting right now right and then i mean the best thing that we can do as brothers um when this stuff is happening is 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 helping brothers respond i remember when 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 uh when omar died you know may allah have mercy on the soul yeah, I, mean, yeah. I was you know i was with his family the next day mm. i was with heisen mm. and heisen previously knew me as a basketball i was his basketball coach wow and eventually, I you know I got involved more with the Holly Park community through you know City of Seattle and some other things. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know here I am as his brother now, mm. on the same level, wow. and meeting his family now, his uncles, his cousins, and everybody, and sitting down with his little brother and just you know just talking to him, just being present. Mm. And uh, you know I can't tell the kid <laughs> don't go get revenge. I can't tell you that because yeah. I haven't been, through, I haven't lost my brother yet. I can't tell you that, but I can be there with you and say, look, bro, if you want to do something positive, mm. I'm here for you. You want to start a business? Mm. I got you. You know, if yeah. you need 200 to start your LLC, yeah. I got you. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you want, if you want to react to this positively, I'm here. Yeah. If you want to react to it negatively, well, I can't tell you what to do because mm. I'm not going through what you're going through. Uh. But just you know, bros made some good strives since then. He's Not been. Sure. I talked to him the other day. He was at OCC, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm in cryptos now, and this and that." So, you know, at the end of the day, it's like when that stuff happens. Instead of from the outside looking in, being judgmental, yeah, man, be present mm. because your judgment ain't gonna do nothing but hurt you, hurt mm. yourself, and it, or hurt how you look at people. You know what I mean? That's all it's going to come down to. So my advice is when, when people are going through these things, just be present. Mm. Just be in their life. SubhanAllah, bro. Man, that's wow, bro. Hopefully, you know, man, they sat on that just like the way I sat on it. SubhanAllah, that was just very, very eye-opening, SubhanAllah. Yeah, uh, so, bro, the work that you're doing now, mashallah, tabarakallah. Yes. Uh, inshallah, wrapping up this episode, I want to know, what is uh what's coming up for the future with you and Third World United? What do you want to leave behind as well, inshallah, in terms of legacy? Um, you know, legacy. I, I feel like it was big to me at one point. Um, especially you know one of my one of my biggest role models. I, um, <clears throat> one of my biggest role models is Malcolm X, mm. and uh, 
you know, as as an African American Muslim, he definitely left like a, a decent blueprint. Or I don't say decent, a phenomenal blueprint. Right. Um, and then just me just being in the realms and the in the space that I'm at, you know, eventually I feel like no matter who you are, you're gonna get forgotten, mm, right? So really, it's just about what you contribute um, to the world, to to your actor and to the dunya. You know, that's it's, it's, it's all of what it comes down to, right? And uh, you know what I found over the years is that uh, people are more passionate about projects that they're equitable in, that they have equity in. Mm. There's a dude named, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this dude, he's, he's actually, I don't know if he's from Seattle, but he's out here, his name's Dan Price. No, I haven't. Um, I'm, I'm about to get his book, but uh, essentially what he just did was he just like cut his salary. He's a CEO of a company and he cut his salary to pay his employees more money. Wow. And people were saying he was crazy. People were just, you know, shunning him and saying like, you don't know what you're doing. Mm. And his company went so high in value and the productivity increased and like now he's created almost a new model, right? When you when you actually pay people money and you and you actually like your employees and you and you give them opportunities to grow, right. they gonna put in the work. Mm. And so my whole thing, uh, you know, with Third World United and the work that I'm doing is like I want everybody to be able to earn something. I'm not in this to exploit people. Right. I'm not in this to get over on anybody. Yeah. You know, alhamdulillah, I'm sustaining right now, you know, and, 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 and Allah has wrote every dollar for me from the day I, I'm, I'm born to the day I die. Right. And so, uh, you know, I've been looking into to different projects. Uh, I can't speak on too much right now, but, you know, I've been looking at the NFT market and some other things. And, uh, you know, I'm just at the space now where, you know, everybody who's involved with me and what I'm doing, I just want them to have equity. If they're bringing something to the table, if they're going to put the work in. I could pay you, you know, a couple of dollars or whatever it may be to do the work for me. Yeah. But I know you're going to go as hard, even harder than me maybe sometimes, if you know that, you know, you can define how much value is, is going to be uh, received from this project. Mm. And so, you know, my whole thing and my business model is basically just everybody gets equity, um, whether it be an artist in this album, whether it be, you know, working with the, uh, 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 a visual a production um, even the NFT market that I'm looking at right now, it's like, you know, even if it's only a hundred dollars, yeah. Like let's all let's all put in the work and and let's let's grind it out. Let's 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 see what happens, you know. Right. And so uh, that's just kind of where I'm at right now. Um, obviously, uh, you know, we have some exciting brothers on the team right now who are working on some projects. Okay. And so uh, I'm definitely excited for the next couple of releases. Inshallah. Inshallah. Uh, but yeah, man, just, you know, just living and learning. That's it. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, bro. You know, I'm excited for the for the work that you got coming soon, inshallah. Man, um, well, I'm glad for having you on the podcast, bro. Thanks I'm glad for you came me. through. I'm honored, bro. You know, alhamdulillah. Man, where can our guests find you and the work that you do? Thurwell United and all that. Uh, so we got the site, uh, 3rdwu.com. Um, same thing for IG, uh, at Three R D W U, and then you know mine's at Petty Pro. Gotcha. Um, yeah, just let's connect, man. You know, at the end of the day, it's for the Uma, man. We all we we all pray together, everything, you know, toe to toe. So Thanks. let's we gotta let's, stay tight. Exactly, I mandatory. Feel you, I feel you. All right, y'all. Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much again, bro. I appreciate you being on this podcast. Thank you to our listeners for tuning into this podcast. Inshallah, uh, go ahead, like, share, subscribe. Share with a friend if you feel like, uh, you know, this was beneficial, inshallah. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. Assalamu alaikum.
Lost some of my brothers and we got some